greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Hello and welcome to Winds of Change. I'm your host and uh, Bible teacher Keith McKenzie. Uh, I'll be with you for this session. This session is uh, the beginning of the Bible where we're into uh, our Genesis 1 through 11 project. So in this session here, we're actually going to begin the project. If you haven't seen the introduction, we commend the introduction uh, portion to you um, because it's extremely important going forth to understand uh, the integrity uh, of God's Word. So we want you to understand that as we go forth. And um, let's get this uh, started off with prayer. I'm very excited about the study. Uh, God's been blessing me in this. And every time I pass through this, uh, I get more and more. And uh, I just, uh, I get blessed by it. So I hope you get blessed by it too. But anyway, Father in heaven. Thank you for today. Thank you for blessing us with this time, Lord. I pray, Father, for the audience and those who are out there that you would give us uh, eyes and ears to both see and hear what the Spirit has to say. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right. Well, we're in Genesis uh, chapter 1. We're going to start right out at uh, verse 1. But I want you to know before we get started that as we we go into this, you're going to find out right away Um, there's two roads you can go to right here in in Genesis chapter 1. You can take the road of of, uh, unbelief and doubt, or you can take the road of faith. So let's read a little word on what uh, God requires from his believers with respect to faith. All right. Hebrews chapter 11 talks about, by faith we understand. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's just read this, and I'm going to highlight something, and then we're going to jump right into verse 1 and start our verse-by-verse unleashing the Bible one verse at a time. It says, chapter 11, Now faith is the substance, notice that substance, of things hoped for. It's the for the evidence of things not seen. So this is evidence. Faith has evidence and substance. It's not, it's not like throwing a quarter in a wishing well and, you know, saying, you know, our idea of faith and hope is, well, like, you know, well, I, I hope so. It's more like wishing. And, and the idea of biblical faith and hope is substantial. It has faith. Even though we can't see it, it, it is solid. Okay? And it says, verse 3, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen, okay, were not made of the things which are visible. So that means uh, it's ex nihilo, or uh, uh, um, the, the implication is, is out of nothing. You know, God created it out of nothing. And, but you'll notice that uh, on day seven, God imposed a repose or a rest, and, and that was that uh, creation, everything that was in creation that we have today, uh, the laws of science all have, um, you know, the law of thermodynamics and stuff. Everything's already there. There's nothing today that we can make that we don't make from something else. 
And the second law of thermodynamics uh, says that everything's winding down. So there was definitely a beginning, all right, which the word says, in the beginning, Bereshit, God. All right, and, and the Bible is the only uh, book ever to address where that beginning came from, and it was God. So it says right there, by faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made with the things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And we'll get into that into Genesis chapter 4. That's a whole awesome study. I can't wait to get there either. Through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts that through it being dead still speaks. And, and that was because that uh, Abel offered up simply what God asked him to. And Cain tried to offer up his own works. It's a whole study there of grace versus works. Doing what God asked, all right, and then trying to come your own way. And then it says, uh, verse 5, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. And that's a, a picture of the rapture in the Old Testament for those who please God. All right, and it says, before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, and this is the point I want to make before we get into Genesis chapter 1, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's impossible to please God the Father without faith. Because what he's looking for in, in John chapter 6, you know, the, the disciples... And the people were, were marveling over the things that God done, and they were, they were clamoring. They say, what do we need to do that we do the things of God, doing the will of God? And Jesus told them quite, quite frankly, he said, believe on him whom God sent. All right? And that means believing his word. He's given us his word. And any time that we doubt that, we doubt what's written, and we dig in, you know, we'll, we'll find out that he, he's always right. Man, mankind has a, a way of uh, getting lost and trying it his own way. And it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to diligently seek God's face in a verse-by-verse verse going back to Genesis chapter 1. All right? Now, that's why I went there. Because some of the things that we're going to talk about, evolution is, is teaching, is a teaching created, okay? And I've even read um, a New Age teacher, this, this New Age witch, uh, she she was told by an angel, she called it the angel of evolution, that um, it was very important, this angel told her, very important that they push this whole angel thing because ultimately from a New Ager standpoint, they, they, you need to find that spark of divinity within, that they, they say there's a God within you, and that's kind of the whole witchcraft type of thing, finding that goddess within, the God within, and, uh, you know, people like Oprah, Eckhart Tolle, um, 
you know, a host of others. Deepak Chopra comes to mind. There's, there's really a bunch of them out there. And at their core, they say that you can become enlightened if you just get in touch with your divine self or the, the Christ consciousness within. And, and that's all utter nonsense, but that all pivots on the idea of evolution because evolution teaches that we're, we're progressing upward and moving upward and, and it's not so because the, the uh, second law of thermodynamics, entropy, and even within our observable uh, universe, which is true science, what we can observe through the scientific method, um, that things are winding down, things are decaying. You know, I have to go out and paint my house every, you know, few years. I have to take care. We have maintenance. Everything wears down. There's always a loss. And, and, and that's what's, what's described. And, uh, you know, to say things are going, you know, the other way is to say I can go out and I have a Honda and then if I just wait long enough, I'll be driving a Lexus or a BMW. It, it just doesn't work that way, you know. But anyway, history of creation. And by faith, we, we, we take what God has said right here. Verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, that's the Ruach, was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And I want you to know that it says right here, speaking of faith, it says ten times here in just like verses 1 through 29, the first time, it says like 10 times, and God said. All right? So we need to take it face value. Now, I'm not a scientist, all right? I don't purport to be, but we will take one of these segments where we'll look at some of the fallacies of, of evolution because I, uh, the, the, the stuff that I have studied is, um, it seems to require more faith to believe in evolution than it does in the only one who was there who created it who gave us his his evidence and this is his testimony so if you're a christian all right and you're a new christian right now and and i believed in evolution because that's what i was taught that's what i was raised up with and when you begin to let the word of god uh, work in your life and, and faith begins to grow and God adds little by little and he causes your faith to grow uh, through studying his word you begin to find out that you know the world system teaches one thing which is designed to try and live apart from God alright then it says then God said let there be light and there was light and God saw light and that it was good. And God divided, notice he divided the light from the darkness. And I want you to know that this is um, day one, all right? In day four, the sun, the moon, and the stars are created. So this is a light, a part of that. God is described as light. All right, Jesus said, I am the light that's come into the world. And Jesus, if you remember back in Colossians in the introduction, that he is the creator. And that's what it says in John 1.1. 1, 1. All right? And so it's, he, he spoke these things into existence. 
And the idea behind here in the ancient sages um, imply here that the Hebrew says that the uh, the light and the darkness it has a uh, like a moral implication, you know, having a dark heart and you know, just, he divided the good and evil almost back then. All right, and then it says God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So evening and morning were the first day. So there's the first day. Now notice how God's days are from evening to morning. From 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. is considered evening on a, according to God's calendar. All right? Notice how our world system has it the other way around. We're at like midnight to the other way around. So our, our, we're, almost always you're going to find out our world system is always different from God. So we constantly have to be being retrained by what the Spirit of God says. And that's why he says be renewed daily. So this, you know, you should be doing something just a little bit daily uh, with the Lord. If he's your friend, you should spend time with him, right? So evening and morning are Erev and Boker in the Hebrew. And the implication here is is that um, evening is dark, right? Dark is, it's hard to see. Things aren't very discernible. Uh, beyond these studio lights, I'm having trouble seeing in detail uh, in the corner. But as the lights come up and I can see what's in front of me, I can read and I can discern what's going on. So light brings discernment to uh, what we have to see. The more light we have, the more we can see. And as you study God's Word, I believe when you dig into it, you're, you're going to get to a level uh, where you're going to start to see in, in HD. You know, God's going to bless you as you stay diligent. Remember there? It said in Hebrews that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So just keep reading God's word. And uh, the other thing that I want to point out there is he called the, the light day and he called the dark night. And Jesus uh, and, and the disciples describe uh, the children of God as being the children of the day because we discern things. And, and that's what... God wanted uh, for the children of Israel. He wanted them to be able to discern right from wrong. That's why he gave us the law, his Torah, to understand um, what's good and what's bad. Not, he didn't give us um, his word, his light, to um, you know, be a cosmic killjoy. He gave us his word and his light to show us and to be able to discern what's good for us and what's bad. You, you notice that when we have our children, that we have to constantly correct them. And, that, and you know, you, you need to, um, you know, we have to tell them things like, don't play near the street, don't touch that, it's hot. Uh, do we say those things? Do we have our, our lists of don'ts because we hate them? No, we, we have those set there to protect them. And that's exactly what God's Word is set forth to do. Yet there's so many people in, the, in their rebellious uh, state, and, and I was there too, that what, what we seek to do in our, in our sinful, carnal, 
rebellion is we we fight against what God wants. You know, if God says don't do that, we're like, is he is God holding back on me? And we'll get to that when we get to Genesis chapter three, when when doubt is introduced. But no, I want you to understand up front that God. When he says these things, they are for our understanding, for our learning, and ultimately the good things and the bad things that are in here are for our learning, okay? That we might be able to discern that good and evil. So that's the whole Erev and Boker thing that we have going on here. All right. Verse 6. So that's the first day. And another thing I want you to know that uh, day is yom in, in Hebrew, and what it means here is when God says evening and morning was the first day, that's counting in over in Exodus where the Lord gave the uh, Ten Commandments and he commanded, um, you know, he gave the Sabbath as a sign between him and Israel that they would be different from the rest of the world was that he says, as God created the heavens and the earth in six days, all right, that's six solar days, all right, that he rested on the seventh, right? He ceased from his work of creation, that is, all right? God's been hard at work ever since for the story of redemption, which is after you get to chapter 2, by the time we're done with chapter 2, the rest of the Bible, all the way to the end, is all about, okay, redemption of this problem, this, this problem with humanity that we always have a tendency to do what's, what's wrong. So all the way to Revelation 20, to Genesis chapter 3 through 20, that much of your Bible is what God dedicated his time because he spends very little time on creation, all right? At the beginning, we have Genesis 1 and 2, and we have some Psalms. We have some, you know, he recreates everything. He spoke creation into existence. He can do it again. He is going to recreate everything. But what did what happened that spends the rest of this time getting here? It's all about the redemption of man. We have a sinful, carnal, fallen nature. All right? In in this book, Genesis Origins, shows us the origins of all these problems that we have and, and just a cursory look around is shows you that that we're in trouble and it's because man is sinful and uh, our nation is is falling further and further away from God and that's why we're getting in more and more trouble because we're trying to do it our way we're trying to touch the stove we're trying to play in the street you know and and God's says you know that's <laughs> going to get hurt you know so Evening and morning, first day, whole thing is, 20, the idea is 24-hour days, so God completed six days, six days of work, all right? So back to, and then verse 6, it says, Then God said, Let there be firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters, and that's where we can think of like sky. All right, so you just picture like water being, he's creating the atmosphere now. We have 
a cloud cover. I've heard some uh, creation scientists talk about a vapor canopy that would keep, uh, you know, the uh, more, you know, deadly type of uh, radiation from, from the sun out, all right, even though it hasn't been created yet. And it says, uh, thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. So he's talking about the atmosphere here. So he's created that. And it says, um, verse 8, And God called the firmament heaven. And so evening and morning were the second day. And the Bible describes um, you know, three types of heavens also. There's our normal atmosphere, which is like the first heaven. Then there's outer space, which would be the second heaven. And then there's where God dwells beyond the galaxy and, and the universe that he created is the third heaven. Paul the Apostle was caught up to the third heaven. And he says he, he, he says he couldn't even express what he saw. Couldn't, there was no words because we have a limited, you know, God's made us limited. And, and we're not able to, he wasn't able to express that. But it was so beautiful. And then it says, um, verse 9, it says, Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. Let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. <laughs> Notice how every uh, phase here, how he, how he says that it was good. Verse 11, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the grass, the herb that yields its seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kinds, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And that's the way God is. He says it, and it's so. And the earth brought forth grass and the herb that yields seed. Notice this, very important here. According to its kind, all right, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and the herb that yields seed according to its kind. And the tree that yields fruit, and those seed who are in themselves according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And so evening and morning were the third day. All right? Now I want you to know right there. So this is the, the, the dry land appears on day three. And then God speaks into existence the uh, all the trees and the life. And he says that everything is contained within itself within the, within the seed and so you you notice that he has all these uh, trees and everything that the, the fruit trees if I, if I go out and I plant a, uh, an apple seed I'm not going to ever ever get uh, pumpkins if I plant corn I'm not going to get a pear every seed has its own code and information, all right, get that, information that's in there. And it says, and God made everything according to its kind. That is an actual scientific um, statement here in the Bible. And I want you to know that there's a progress, a logical progress of, of creation, all right? 
even though you know the sun, the moon, and the stars don't appear until day four, all right, this is a logical creation because God is light. All right, so he is he is able to do this, and probably the the, the light that he has probably caused these things to grow so much faster, even though he could have just spoke and said grow. You know, and the idea of creation is if God creates a tree, all right, that that tree in its created process has a a um, an idea that would convey to us, we would look at it and we would say that tree is 60, 70 years old based on its size. So it has, um, its appearance looks old even though it was just made. Okay? And I want to commend for those of you who really want to get into this whole uh, creative thing because I'm, I'm not a scientist. I love science. Um, so I, I like digging into this, but you know I like to let the scientists, true scientists, uh, do this. Um, ICR, www.icr.org, Institute for Creation Research, uh, does some amazingly scholarly work. Um, for more of a layman's term, but they have awesome uh, scientists too, is Answers in Genesis. All right. And, and we'll put up those two uh, uh, links for you, and you can go visit those websites, and they do an excellent job of uh, showing uh, from science how scientists uh, indicate that evidence points to creation, or you'll even hear now, uh, you know, intelligent design, which uh, Ben Stein did a, a, a recent documentary called Expelled, where he went through and he exposed um, how academia today has its uh, own good old boy club that if anybody comes out in favor of intelligent design, if you mention intelligent design, you can check out that movie by Ben Stein, Expelled. Um, he's not a Christian. Uh, he's just amazed that, you know, there's such a suppression of the truth that goes on in uh, you know when when speaking about science and so what we have there is we have uh, you know those type of things I want to commend those things for those of you who want to dig into that you need you you, you want to have your intellect uh, you know stimulated in that uh, measure I, I commend those uh, ministries to you where they have excellent scientists but remember it all comes down to faith all right being a, a person of faith means taking God at his word because Charles Darwin, me, uh, scientists, none of us were there at the beginning and that's where we're at today. We'll pick up day four in our next session. God bless you. Thanks for being with us. We love you and we hope you're being uh, stimulated in, uh, as we unleash you know, God's word in your life. God bless.